First of all, I just want to announce that next Sunday is January the 1st, New Year's Day. And so we're only going to have one service that day, too, at 9 o'clock, just like today, from 9 to 10 next Sunday, okay? Um, the, um, first of all, I'd just like to say that we are having church. Some churches canceled today, and uh, we as a staff, we kind of felt like we should not cancel worshiping Jesus because Jesus was born. So... Uh, <laughs> We, uh, sorry, Lord, your birth interferes with our worship, and uh, we, we're going to cancel that. And, um, and second of all, uh, we had a packed house here last night. I just want you to know, though, that you're the people going to heaven. Uh, you know, that you're, you're the ones that came out on Sunday morning on Christmas, and uh, Jesus loves you better than those other people, so... I just thought, Merry Christmas, give you that gift right there. <laughs> I'm reading today from Matthew chapter 2, and I'm going to uh, be reading verses 7 through 12. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Did you ever wonder why at Christmas we give gifts to each other? And the main reason is because at that first Christmas 2,000 years ago, there were gifts of every kind given. Mary gave her body to be the first home of God's Messiah. She gave her heart in utter surrender to God's will and to the difficult future foretold to her that her son's life and his death would pierce her heart. And still she said, let it be done to me according to your will. The angels gave a concert, free one, and invited the shepherds to it. One of the last group of people many Jews would have invited to anything, much less a heavenly choir. And the shepherds told after that concert and, and seeing Jesus, everything that they had heard and seen for their first Christmas gift, they gave a testimony to everybody. And Joseph gave up his pride and reputation. He gave up the desire to be his firstborn's biological father. And he gave up the ability to explain what was happening to those who asked him what was going on. He didn't know himself. What he gave was trust to God and love to Mary and his son. And of course, there were the wise men who traveled perhaps for months to see the promised one of God, the real king of the Jews. And they brought gold, a gift fit for a king. That's what you give kings is gold. And frankincense. 
and myrrh. The final gift of myrrh, which is what they used to prepare the dead body of a loved one. Did you ever wonder what happened to those gifts? I was thinking about that when I was thinking about this meditation. I wonder what happened to the gift of gold to the family. Did, did they use it when they made their escape to Egypt, when they needed money on the run? Did they, did they give it, you know, to poor folks at the temple? Did Mary hold on to it as a family heirloom the rest of her life? And, 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 and frankincense. You know, I have, I, for the first time in my life, I smelled frankincense in the last two weeks. It smells really good. My wife got some frankincense perfume, and she put it on her neck, and I nuzzled her neck all day long <laughs> doing research for this sermon. <laughs> I take my craft seriously. <laughs> and myrrh. Do you ever wonder what happened to the myrrh? Did Mary think of this gift 30-some years later when they were preparing the body of her son to be buried? God's gift of his son triggered people giving in all kinds of gifts in all kinds of places because, folks, some gifts really do matter. Some gifts change lives. This morning, I want to give you some gifts you can give that may not be in a box this morning or in a package or in a stocking, but just may be some of the best things you can ever give to anybody. One gift I would suggest for some of us to consider is to give the gift of time to someone who needs it. One pastor I know of said that, that he knew a high-powered attorney, and this attorney told him, this pastor, he said, the greatest gift I ever received was a gift I got one Christmas when my dad gave me a small box. My dad was a very busy person, but inside the small box which was a note which read, Son, this year I will give you 365 hours, an hour every day after dinner. It's yours. We'll talk about what you want to talk about. We'll go where you want to go after every supper, or we'll play what you want to play. It will be your hour. This is my gift to you this year. I give you the gift of time. And he said, my dad not only kept the promise of that gift, but that time together became so special to us that my father renewed it every year as long as I lived at home. He said, it's the greatest single Christmas gift I ever received in my life. Who are the people who would treasure your time? Spouse? A troubled child? A shut-in? Someone chronically ill? An elderly person who lost their husband or wife and whose kids have moved away? A person in prison? 
There are not many things more precious we can give to each other than our undivided attention carved out a half an hour at a time or an hour at a time or a phone call at a time. There are few gifts more expensive than time. Time is precious beyond measure. It is the gift we can never save up. It's the gift we can never recover after we give it away. God help us to use it well. Another gift we can give is appreciation. So often we take something for granted until it's missing from our lives, don't we? What do people do for you that you've long since stopped noticing? The little things that now you expect and you're not grateful for anymore. You're entitled. The big things done for you that now have become routine in your thinking. Men want to be appreciated for bringing home a paycheck from a job that is often difficult and unrewarding, but they do it for their families. When was the last time you thanked the man in your life? They want credit for garbage emptying and yard mowing and car fixing. Women want to be appreciated. <laughs> Can I get an amen from all the men? Amen. All right. <laughs> Women want to be appreciated for bringing home a paycheck from a job that is often difficult and unrewarding, but they do it for their families. They want credit for that and for meals made and clothes washed and children chauffeured, and sometimes it's just the opposite. Can I get an amen from the women? Uh, apparently the women are far more egotistical than the men. Uh, let me ask you. What would you miss if certain things weren't there anymore? We all need a little encouragement, don't we? We all need someone to notice. We all need appreciation and to know that what I do matters to the people I'm doing it for. Right? Jim Moore said that some years ago, Dr. William Stidger at the Boston School of Theology, sat down one day to write notes of appreciation to people who had touched his life in special ways and who had influenced him for good over the years. He remembered a favorite school teacher, English teacher, who had taught him literature and writing in high school. She had gone out of her way to help him. She had kindled in him a burning hunger for knowledge. She had inspired him and taught him how to write. She had put deep down in him a love for literature. She had influenced his life and the lives of countless other students greatly. She was a great English teacher. And so years later, William Stidger sat down and scribbled off a note to his former teacher to say thanks. A few days later, he received this reply from his old teacher. My dear Willie... It's been a long time since someone called Dr. William Stidger Willie. My dear Willie, I cannot tell you how much your note meant to me. I am in my 80s now, living alone in a small room, cooking my own meals, lonely, parentheses, and like the last leaf of autumn, you could tell she's an English teacher, lingering behind. 
You will be interested to know that I taught school for 50 years to uncounted students, and yours is the first note of appreciation I ever received from anyone. I, it came on a blue cold morning, and it cheered me as nothing has in many, many years. When Dr. Stidger read that note from his former teacher, he cried. Stidger thought of other people who had been kind to him. He remembered one of his bishops who had been most helpful to him at the beginning of his ministry. The bishop was in retirement and had recently lost his wife. William Stidger sat down and wrote a belated letter of thanks to his former bishop, and back came this reply. My dear Will, your letter was so beautiful and so real that as I sat reading it in my study, tears fell down my, from my eyes, tears of gratitude. Then before I realized what I was doing, I rose from my chair and called my wife's name to show your note to her, forgetting for a moment that she was no longer with me. You will never know how much your letter has warmed my spirit. I have been walking about in the glow of it all day long. Think about the people who love you. Do they know what they mean to you? This Christmas, I've had the third best Christmas gift I've ever gotten. The first best Christmas gift I ever got was born in a manger. The second actually came kind of as a group. I'm lumping them together anyway. But each year, one of my sons was born. The first year with each one of my sons at Christmas, I probably consider the second best Christmas gift or gifts I ever got. The third best Christmas gift I got is that my son, Zach, who three weeks ago was lying unconscious on a busy street in Bogota, Colombia, is here this Christmas when he so easily could not have been, perhaps should not be. His bike broke in two when a driver swerved in front of him and then slammed on the brakes. The bike broke right where the handlebar and the front wheel connect to the rest of the bike, and it broke in such a way that the wheel, the front wheel and the handlebars turned into a catapult that hurled him face first onto unforgiving asphalt. And because he was trying to break the bike, he didn't and couldn't use his hands to break his fall. He went face first down. He could have easily been killed. He received a grade three concussion. By the way, one half of all grade three concussions are fatal. He could have fractured his skull. He could have had major brain trauma. He could have had so much else happen to him. But instead, he is here today listening to his father preach on Christmas. I am so grateful to God. Zach probably at least should be in a hospital this morning. But here he is, alive and well, with us this morning. And I praise the Lord. Merry Christmas. Can I be selfish? Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> and to his mother and to his brothers. Praise Christ for his mercy. And I'm going to take some small credit here. Praise the Lord for making the Dalton head particularly hard. 
<laughs> I hear my son Jesse laughing. Zach, I love you, bud. The truth is, you're my favorite. <laughs> I'm kidding. I tell, I, I tell, you know, Karen Diley had a, had, you know, her father, Paul Hostetler, I did his funeral, and he would go to each of his daughters, and he'd go, Karen, don't tell your other two sisters, but you're my favorite. And then he would go to the next sister, and he'd go, don't tell Karen and your other sister, but you're my favorite. And then he would go to another, the other sister and go, don't tell, tell Karen and your sister, but you're my favorite. Jesse, don't tell your brother, but you're my favorite. And is Christopher here? He, well, he's not here. He's not my, no, he's my, he's my favorite too. Oh, it's okay, mama. <laughs> seriously, seriously, this is a Christmas miracle. And I didn't even have to read Guidepost magazine to find one. God is good. And I am grateful And let none of us forget, no matter where we are in life this morning, and I do need to say this, I realize not everybody is where the Dalton family is this morning. I realize that some of you, you are, have relationships that are not working, whether with a spouse or a child. I realize some of you are lonely this morning. Some of you are depressed this morning. There are various stages of health and physical well-being in this sanctuary this morning. I realize that there are different places financially in this room this morning. And I, and I just want to say I, I am not trying to, to rub this blessing in your face. But folks, if we don't praise God for the blessings and the miracles we get despite there still being darkness in the world, we'll never praise the Lord. We'll never praise the Lord. And the fact is, the fact is, is that every person here today, every person here today has received God's best. If I drop dead five minutes from now, I have no complaints God has done so much for me, and he's going, and, and I got heaven to be. I, I have no complaints. I already have Jesus. I already have salvation. I already have the Holy Spirit. I already have been blessed and blessed and blessed. More than the counting of it, I have been blessed. If I get nothing else, I have already received God's best this morning. We are all blessed beyond measure here, no matter how we feel. For unto us a child was born, for unto us God's Son was given. And He came to bring us life, eternal life, life we could never have found or achieved on our own. We were lost and He found us. We were dead and He resurrected us. We were doomed and He saved us. Hallelujah. And He keeps coming and giving us life, His life. He keeps pouring himself on us, his unconquerable, infinite love all over us. That's the gift we should be unwrapping this morning. That's the gift we should be singing about and grateful for. Because this really is the gift that keeps on giving. I could have lost a son. 
but God willingly gave his to die to save us all. And it started one night in Bethlehem. So Merry Christmas to us and to the world he came to save. Merry Christmas to us all this morning and praise his name. Hallelujah. I'm done with the worship team. Come back. I didn't know if they'd pick that up by me walking down there, but I will announce it. And I would like you to stand. And I would really, really like you to praise God with all of your heart for what this season means. getting out of here 10 minutes early. Merry Christmas. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Go in peace.